can I say something? Sure. I think the term little people is a little silly. Honestly, it, it is. It quite is. And then for some reason saying calling it LP makes it worse. Because like, that just sounds cutesy. I don't know. <laughs> I've always been more favored towards dwarf mm -hmm. or dwarfism versus little person. Little person is definitely the much more common term. Right. And that is not to say that people who do prefer that you're silly or anything like that don't get us wrong. <laughs> That's just... You can call yourself whatever you want. <laughs> yes. You can like whatever terms you like. <laughs> so to ask another question. Yeah, yeah. When you are in medical situations, like when you are at the doctor, yeah. even if it's not that you are necessarily talking to a medical professional, but you're talking to someone who like needs to know your medical information. Right. Let's say if you are having a seizure mm -hmm. somewhere and you need to tell someone what is going on. In those situations, do you change from person first to identity first? I don't. I don't. And it helps that I have a disability that's pretty easy to say. Mm -hmm. Just saying, I have epilepsy. Takes no extra time <laughs> at all to say. And most people know what epilepsy is. They don't always. And when if someone doesn't know what epilepsy is, then now you've entered into a realm of trying to explain what a seizure is. Like <laughs> when I was first diagnosed, the doctor was like, you've been having seizures. And then he left and I literally looked at my mom and I was like, what's a seizure? I don't know what that means. And so I imagine people who don't know what epilepsy is like, respond in the same way they're like that doesn't make any sense to me and in that case there's nothing i can do to make it more clear when push comes to shove and like there's an uncomfortable medical situation in those moments there's nothing i can do if i have epilepsy isn't enough of a statement changing it isn't gonna yeah. get us anywhere what about you do you ever switch it up do you well, ever well do that's the, why i asked that because uh, I, since i use identity first i don't typically switch it up i mean in my head for some reason identity first feels like the more formal of the two mm -hmm. in a weird way and I was thinking of that question because I was thinking about like if I did use person first language I feel if I ever was in a medical situation I would switch it yeah I would use identity first language and the reason I feel that way is just because I feel like when you are in that environment that is focused on your disability or addressing your disability I would want to be like oh yeah since I am in this situation this is what you should identify mm -hmm. me as yes, right. <laughs> rather than like trying to keep saying like oh no you're a person it's like yeah but I'm also in the hospital right now so <laughs> maybe let's set that aside for a second <laughs> I will say so far I have never come across a situation where I have wanted to use the other type of identification. Would you like to discuss some of the terms you should not use when discussing disabled people or talking to them? Yeah absolutely at the end of the day you should use whatever words the person person that you are talking to would like you to use. I may be alone in feeling this way or unique in feeling this way, but I have always had the opinion that there is no word or phrase that is taboo if it is not taboo to the person. Like, for example, the term midget is considered a derogatory term within the dwarfism community, but I'm spacing on his name. He was on Fantasy Island. He was a big little person actor. He was also in one of the James Bond's films. Hopefully you know who I'm talking about, but... Uh, I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll look up his name. <laughs> we'll look him up. I believe it's Hervé. I'll just use his first name. So there is a little person actor named Hervé who was in one of the 
the James Bond films, he always used the term midget Mm -hmm. and he preferred it. And there was a lot of people in the dwarfism community who did not appreciate that and felt that he was encouraging people to use this word that they're trying to move away from. And in my opinion, since that was the word he was comfortable with, that is the word you should use for him. Mm -hmm. Even if it is widely considered to be taboo, for him it was not. For him it was the word he wanted to use. He had his reasons for it and it wasn't like just shock value. He wasn't going for like, oh, everybody hates this word so I'm going to use it. No, it wasn't that situation at all. The first and most important thing to consider is whatever the person wants to use. Would you play a game with me? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to toss some terms people use for disabled people at you and Mm -hmm. could you give me a ranking? One to ten. Ten being, I hate that word. It's so stupid. Don't use it. And one being, oh, that's fine. Okay, so ten is the worst and one is the best? Yes. Okay. Okay, disabled. Disabled. Uh, one. Right. Handicapped. Two. Handicapable. <laughs> At least an eight. Possibly <laughs> more. It's awful. It's awful. I see what they were going for. But they missed the mark on that one, I think. And also my feelings on it are influenced by the fact that whenever I hear it, it is from the <laughs> most annoying person possible. It is never from someone who's just like using it like, oh yeah, handicapable. It's like, no, you're handicapable. <laughs> and it's just like, mm, okay. <laughs> Okay. So yes, at least an eight. <laughs> okay, uh, differently abled. Differently abled, slightly better, six or seven. Okay. Challenged. Challenged. Four. Impaired. Impaired. I don't know. Right? Because impaired has its place. Fair. And typically impaired is used for particular situations, like mm-hmm. visually impaired, hearing impaired. When it's in that situation, it's okay. But when it's just like, oh, you're impaired. A little icky. Yeah, a little icky. <laughs> uh, maybe a six. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um. All right. Well, crippled. Crippled. Um, again, this is the topic of, uh, that's one of those taboo words that a lot of people don't yes. use, yeah. but, uh, I'm perfectly okay with. It's also one of those words that some groups of disability people have kind of like reclaimed. Yes. I guess with all the history of it and the slightly taboo-ness of it, I'll say three. Give it a spicy three. <laughs> three or four. We love it. What about, this is one of my favorites actually. They suffer from, they suffer oh. from epilepsy. They suffer from dwarfism. <laughs> It's bad, right? It's really bad. Okay, uh, here's my last one. And I have like a a story that goes with this one. Okay. Invalid. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a 10. It's bad, right? Okay, okay. So let me tell you this story really fast. Or you know what? Let me tell you this story at a regular speed. So on the White House official.gov website, Mm -hmm. it breaks down all the presidents, but it also breaks down all of the first ladies. And there's one, Ida Saxton McKinley, President McKinley's wife who had epilepsy, which is, as we all know, what I suffer from. (laughs) And literally the description of her refers to her as a petulant invalid on the White House (laughs) website. I swear to God, a petulant, which is something you never call a woman, invalid. I can't even imagine walking in to like the White House and an aide being like, oh, look, it's the (laughs) invalid who's got, like, how is it any different? And she's petulant. Yes, exactly. How dare she enter these grounds? I literally, I think I sent like three emails where I was like, you gotta fix this. Guys, come on. This is not acceptable. Obviously, they've ignored me. Why would they respond to me? (laughs) Why would they they respond? But (laughs) But yeah, isn't that crazy? 
that it's no, literally absolutely. still there invalid for real when you first said that my first reaction was still which to clarify i'm not saying that it was ever okay but it was my, certainly more common it was certainly more common there was a time period where a lot of disabilities were considered like oh this person which is where the term invalid comes from this person is invalid right there um, yes. we don't want them at the time she probably was told that like genuinely not right. like as a replacement no she is genuinely invalid uh, but it's 2023 people. it's 2023 yeah let's get that changed we on that website people invalid uh -huh. and that like particularly was just ugh, right to the heart as like someone who has that same disability like oh it's it's madness let's start a movement everybody go to the white house website and send an angry email complaining yeah. let me know how it goes or like email your local government just email somebody just you gotta send an email yeah. to somebody <laughs> That needs to get changed. If everyone emails one person, there will be several emails sent. Do you mind if I take a look at that list and ask you? I'm curious your opinions. Yeah, so, let's do it. Same rules disabled. Uh, one. Perfect. Use it. Handicapped. I, I don't like it. I think we're moving on from it slowly but surely. So I'm going to go with like five. Five? Okay. Handy capable. That's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think I was a little more lenient on it. Oh, it I should know. be a nine. Differently abled. I don't like differently abled. I'm going to yeah, go with ahead. 10. Challenge. I'm going to give that like a, you know what? I'm going to give it a nine. That one's tricky. Because if someone was like, oh, she's neurologically challenged. I don't think I'd like that very much. The reason I think of it as tricky is because challenge within the word is the implication that like you're able to do stuff, but it's just a challenge for you do mm -hmm. rather than it's just like oh they're disabled they're not able to do that Fair. although i also was i'm fine with disabled so <laughs> what am i saying okay so impaired uh you know what after hearing you talk about impaired i also feel like it's kind of light and airy like mm, impaired she's brain impaired uh well saying it like that doesn't sound too good but <laughs> i'd say i'd give it like a four and a half and impaired has a lot of context it does to yeah. it and it changes based on the context there's a lot of these that don't change at all mm -hmm. with context but that i feel changes a little bit crippled yeah i'm gonna give that one a 10 i would never use that word okay. and i only said it earlier so that we could have this conversation <laughs> especially because i think that refers very heavily to like people who use like mobility aids yeah and as someone who does not it seems mm -hmm. like hugely inappropriate for me to ever actually use that word crippled is typically reserved for people with physical disabilities yeah suffers from suffers from is just so dramatic honestly i'm gonna give it a three because i got my degree in theater and suffers from it's just so <laughs> that's true it, it does have a nice ring to it it's so inappropriate but it is kind of cute the only fault i have with it is the baked in negativity mm -hmm. with the word suffers <laughs> and then the last one is invalid i mean come on that's a 10 out of 10. We can't be using yep. that word. I know there's like a play, The Imaginary Invalid. <laughs> I never read it. Even looking at it, like with it being in a play, it's used in the context of like shock and awe. Like, ooh, that word has appeared. As an audience, you're supposed to respond negatively to it. They are used to identify the bad guy or something. Like yeah. the bad guy used that word. Yeah. Oh, he is a bad guy. Oh, oh. can we talk about spaz? Can spaz. we talk about the word spaz? Uh, spaz? There's been a lot of controversy around that in the last year. I feel that you are better to talk about that because it's kind of like it's not the equivalent but it's similar to crippled how crippled is for people with physical disabilities whereas spaz is for people with neurological or sometimes cognitive disabilities mm -hmm. it's like in the uk 
no one ever says that word. It's like the R word. No one ever uses it mm-hmm. for any reason. It's like a huge deal. So earlier this year, I think Beyonce had the word in one of her songs because it's like a phrase like uh, to spaz out. People use it in the US all the time. But as we've become like, especially with like TikTok, social media, everyone coming together, the like rules in the UK and the rules in the US sort of start to meld together. And I think that as I began to see it as like an offensive term from other people's point of view, I began to feel it personally as a human being. I was like, oh, that is a mean word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it is describing me and my spasms. (laughs) I think that the more I hear it, the more I think it's time to retire that word. I didn't feel that way before, but now I think uh, if someone called someone else a spaz, that I wouldn't be able to unhear the negative implications toward my own existence. Do you feel that there is a way to convey the same idea like saying oh this person is being very spastic or oh they're being a spaz do you feel equal on both ways or do you feel that it is a little more okay to say this person is being spastic well we're looking at person versus identity first language with that yes, one that, that's why i that's why i did it because i circled back around yeah as an adjective or this person is like being spastic or they're spastic movements or i think there's a space for that but calling someone just flat out like a spaz that's where I'm at. There's an element in this discussion too about not just how people identify your disability for you, but how people use your disability to identify other people yeah. who don't yeah. have your disability. Uh, like you're saying, spaz comes from that neurological disability to then take that word and use it to describe someone else, like the R word, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. and how that became, oh no, that is to describe anyone who is being a right. certain way. There's not a way to directly compare those two but even the word midget is often used in certain connotations that has nothing to do with little people but it's just used to describe something small right like there are certain types of cars that have midget in the title because they're small cars yeah Uh, there is a lot of discussion about wanting to get that changed and i always look at that and think like well it's the same word but it's an adjective they're not saying that oh yes this car is like the people (laughs) (laughs) They're just saying like, no, this is the word that we use to describe the car. It's almost like the word was used to describe the people because it's used to describe the car sort of thing. And in those situations, I don't feel it should be changed. In some ways, I feel like it gives it more power. Okay, I have just one last thing I wanted to touch on. My journey to accept the term disability for myself. Because when you live 24 years of your life and you're just quote unquote normal, you're just a Mm -hmm. normal person, you never think about it you never think about disability the idea you're just like oh disabled people yeah that's its own thing whatever that's fine and then I got sick and then one day I was at work and I was looking through ADA paperwork that I had to fill out I was studying and I was reading up on the Americans with Disability Act and trying to figure this all out and in the middle of all of this like reading and research and looking at this form it hit me I was like oh I'm disabled I'm a disabled person now and I sat at my desk and I cried tears in my eyes like sat there in this like reckoning with myself of like you're broken you're 
you're busted now. You're like bad. <laughs> it was all of these internalized bias that I had never thought about. I had never considered that I thought that I would feel less of myself if something happened to me that would make me disabled. Mm -hmm. I never thought about it until it's happening, until it happens. And then I had to come to terms with that. I remember standing in my front yard waiting for my mom to pick me up for something just like a few weeks or maybe a month or so after it had happened. And I was just standing there thinking, I can't believe this is happening. At least I didn't lose a hand. And that's like really what I thought. Like at least I didn't lose a hand. And that really stopped me in my tracks and made me think me and someone who has lost their hand at some point in their life are no different. We're under mm -hmm. the same umbrella where a group of people who are disabled, disabled is the adjective, right? Yeah, the mm -hmm. adjective that describes all of us together. I just remember the moments. I remember those two moments like really, really clearly. Hearing it and then accepting it. And it was a really like complicated process. And it makes me so sad to even just hear myself like describe it now that I had such a profound and hard reaction to this very dramatic change. Mm -hmm. And I think, God, I just know so much more now. <laughs> <laughs> if one person listens to this podcast, just one person listens and then they become disabled and they think, ah, oh, those, those two dudes on that podcast Podcast. They sure were cool. It's okay to be disabled. That's it. That's all I want is to just help like one person ease through that transition mm -hmm. if they need it. You brought up an interesting discussion for a future episode too, yeah. which is the concept of everyone's reaction to other people being disabled that isn't themselves is to be like either very supportive or very like, look at this person go um, kind of deal. Uh, whereas often the first reaction to finding out that someone you're close to or yourself is going to become disabled or is going to be born disabled is negative. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked too much with my parents about what it was like to find out that I was going to be, well, I mean, I have and I haven't. And it was a little bit different because when I was initially diagnosed, when I was still in utero, I wasn't born yet. Oh, okay. Um, when I was originally diagnosed, they thought my dwarfism was a different thing and they thought that the situation it was was that whenever it is that situation the baby is typically born stillborn ah. and so for a while my family and my parents thought I was going to be born dead so that was definitely something they were not happy about but then it was later realized that no but he is gonna have dwarfism and that is the aspect of it that I haven't talked to them quite as much about I know they were never worried in a sense like oh we don't want this baby or anything like that it was never that but I do feel that they had concerns and worries which is valid yeah. I mean I'm not saying it's not valid nor am I saying that I'm offended by that reaction it's just interesting that whenever this situation of disability arises whether at birth or later the first reaction is always concern and worry and sometimes anger yeah <laughs> and then after you have it it's usually followed up with like no this is okay yeah no I'm okay we'll figure this out this has been Talk a Mile in Our Shoes, a podcast focused on discussing disability and disability-related issues. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I hope you found it informative and learned something. I don't know why I need, I don't need to say that because they're already on the site <laughs> where it is. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it informative and I hope you continue to listen on and continue to find it informative. Thanks for listening. I would like to just add that neither myself nor JD are wearing shoes at the moment. That is correct. I would also like to add, I never wear shoes. <laughs> for real? <laughs> no, I haven't worn shoes in probably seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have thought about that before we did the podcast. <laughs> Let's call it there.
take the stairs in case of fire. <laughs>